Hi, confidants. So this episode is going to just be a little bit different uh, from what I normally do. Um, I'm not sure what the fuck this episode is, but I feel like I can't not do this. Um, I want to preface this episode, though, by saying I apologize in advance because I'm sure I'm going to fuck up. Um, I'm coming from a place of trying to understand the back and forth of both sides um, I'm sorry, <laughs> not both sides of racism, uh, both sides of what it's like to be a white ally right now, um, or trying to be a white ally right now in, the, in what's going on in the fucking world. Um, I've just been writing a bunch of notes this morning. I'm reading them off of my computer. Um, and I'm trying to answer from a place of logic, but I can't help but be a little emotional. I mean, I'm probably gonna say some dumb shit. I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm gonna really try hard to come from a place of helping and not hurting. I, I, I'm still growing and learning, but this is what I feel the facts are. Racism is a white people problem, period. And like, sure, you could argue uh, interracial crime or violence exists, but that is not the fucking problem that we are faced with every single day, confronted on a daily basis with videos, articles, news stories. And that's just what we are seeing. And as of late, as soon as body cameras, as soon as cell phones, as soon as Twitter popped off, uh, of another black person being killed senselessly for simply being black. I feel that the problem is that there are too many white people in this country that value their own lives and other white people they love's lives above black people, period. And I know I sound mad. I know I sound like angry. I'm trying not to sound angry because I go back and forth right now. Like, do I even get to be angry? Do I even get to be mad? I mean, how could my madness match or even hold a candle to a black person's anger about this issue? I mean, do I even have that right? Or, you know, I think, is it like, yeah, we need more people like me who fucking definitely didn't grow up with any blacktivism in my life and for sure didn't take any precautions about Black Lives Matter while in my adolescent life, I feel like maybe I am exactly the type of person that should be getting mad. Maybe I'm supposed, this is, I'm right on track with how I should feel. I mean, I also thought about doing this episode. Of course, I wanted to get like a black educator on this podcast, pay them for their time, but it just didn't feel right today, this week, to ask for that emotional labor. And honestly, I'm not trying to uh, educate as so much as have a conversation with you all, especially my white confidants. As one white person talking to another white person, that's what I wanted this episode conversation to be and like yes I have a platform and yes I can sit here and chat with you guys about it all day long but I can't make it stick I mean I can't force you to donate to George Floyd's GoFundMe I can't force you to call up your senators and demand de-escalation training in your county I mean how do I make this impact stick how do I make this enough? 
I feel sometimes like how much more work do I need to do to, to help black people feel heard beyond just talking to my white confidants, right? Like, Again, and I'm not asking for my emotions to be considered here by black people. That's not their jobs. I mean, right now they need to be taking care of themselves and their fellow brothers and sisters. And I know what more can I do to be an ally? And the answer is there's never enough. I, and I've seen some tweets. I saw a tweet this morning that a black woman had wrote. I see white people like posting these flowery ally posts. She said something really funny like these Wes Anderson looking posts about like more things that white people can do. And, and her tweet was like, if you have to post that because you're friends with people that don't realize how bad this is and don't know what to do, fuck them. And at first, you know, I read that tweet. And my Karen came up and was like, oh, so what am I not supposed to post them? Damn if I do. Damned if I don't. And then I had to check that privilege even further. What this girl meant by her post is that retweeting and reposting on your story is not enough. It is not fucking enough. Talking to your racist fucking uncle once a year at Thanksgiving isn't enough. And just because you don't see it every day and it just comes in a wave of of political uh, get-on-the-train activism doesn't mean that it's not fucking happening every day. I mean, it's not getting better. It is getting worse. I mean, this this time feels different, more amplified, more angry, right? It, it's because it is getting worse. Yes, it's always been happening. Yes, cell phones made it more visible, but it is, it is getting worse. This... Uh, administration is not helping things. This pandemic, this um, this fear-driven uh, uh, agenda is not helping things. I mean, the times have changed, okay? It is not enough to repost and retweet. And now I'm going to step it back. I'm going to get a little Karen, okay? And I'm, I'm going to say, I understand white people uh your fear about what's happening in the world. I can see why you might feel like, uh, I don't want to be yelled at for this. I don't want to be blamed for what's going on. I'm not a cop. I'm not racist. I'm not murder, a murderous fucking police officer. I don't want to look stupid or, or start confrontation or fear that, you know, I'm going to spark off some drama on my timeline and I'm going to have to do a job that I'm not ready to do or this isn't my fight or blah, 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 blah. But no that that's fine to feel that way. It's fine to, to feel like confused. And feeling confused and continuing to do nothing makes you part of the problem. In those instances of fearing not knowing how to be a good ally is really has forced me to look into my own soul and say, am I just doing this for reputation or image, right? Like, I fear that I'm not doing enough while also stepping into a uh, space that I still don't know enough about, but that's okay because I'm trying. Being afraid to do it and letting that fear be bigger than black people losing their lives makes you part of the problem.
all of that to say, it is not too late. Just because you weren't paying attention in 2016 or even before that when social media was allowing this to be more visible, I mean, it's not your fault if you weren't raised with black culture and black history in your vision or even in your side view, but now it is if you continue to ignore it. You can always open your eyes. You can always care. It's never too late to care and get started. So I want to talk about a few points that I've heard some people talk about, whether it be on the timeline or, you know, on the radio or whatever. First thing first being that what is happening right now in Minnesota with the looting and you know, that's not protesting, that's violence and crime, and the violence scares me, and I'm afraid of riots. Let me tell you, these are not riots. This is a fucking reaction. These are protests. We already tried the silent protesting. We already tried the kneeling thing. They, they didn't like that either, they said on Twitter. There have been so many peaceful protests that didn't do shit. That is not, there was no action taken from that. So what are black people supposed to do? People are mad, okay? They are mad and they are over it and they are tired and they are trying to call attention to a problem. And when the looting, violence happens, white people are going to see like, oh, see, see, it is violence. They are looting. They are animals. And they double fucking down on their racism instead of looking at the reason why anyone is being violent or fucking looting in the first place. I mean, this week alone obviously has kind of been another wave that pushed people over the top, right? Like this is not the first time that three unarmed black people were murdered by white people. This is just another fucking wave, unfortunately. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey. This is the nightmare that black people have to see every fucking day, and it's not a nightmare that they get to wake up from. I, as a white woman, can choose. I get to choose how I dole out my emotion. I get to say, nope, that was too overwhelming for me today. I don't claim those white people. I got other shit to do. It wasn't me. It wasn't anyone I know. I don't associate with rednecks that chase black men down who are just running in the park. Black people have to fucking go to work this week. (laughs) They have to smile at people. They have to smile at white people. And they have to act like their brothers and sisters aren't being murdered. What is fucking stopping them from being murdered is how I would fucking feel if I was a black person. Like when a cop can just barge into your home without warning and shoot you like they did to Breonna Taylor. And then we have the fucking president that says he's going to send people to shoot looters is not helping the problem. And again, that gives ammo to more people doubling down. Well, if he's if the president of the fucking United States, the highest power in the country is saying that, that then, you know, who else am I supposed to look to? I want to play a clip from Trevor Noah when he confronted, you know, the blonde Barbie conservative chick, Tommy Lauren, or whatever the fuck you say her name, talking about how do you want black people to protest? Skipping, skipping, skipping. Okay. 
that's what the argument is. What I'm saying is, I asked you one question, and that is, how should a black person bring up their grievances? That's all I ask, how? If that's not the right way, if marching isn't the right way, what is the right way? When you talk, when what he said was, he is protesting the anthem and the flag because of the oppression. Talking about Colin Kaepernick. This country. I would like him to further explain what he's talking about when he's discussing the black oppression in this country. Which he has. Also, is it against police? Is it against the government? I'm not sure what oppression he's discussing. I would love to have him come on my show and discuss it with me. To me, when you make the flag and you make the anthem the outlet for your anger or the outlet through which you're going to protest your country that you live in and you reside in that you take $19 million a year from, I don't think that that is the correct outlet for your anger. So, so, so what is he protesting? Ag so he's Again, you haven't answered my question of how. <laughs> how you want so black people. I'm, I'm just asking how. And I'm asking you honestly, I'm not saying in a challenging way, I'm saying to you, I don't know the answer apart from these methods. So I would like to know if you've ever thought of a how, because you're the first person I've met who said this. I've seen this message online. I'm not labeling you as the bad person. I just want to know if you've ever thought of the how. That's all I want to know. For me, I think there are a lot of folks in this country, I being a woman, um, I didn't have rights in, after black people until women got the right to vote. But because I feel like I'm a woman and I'm marginalized in some way, I don't protest my country. I don't see what he's protesting. I would like to know exactly what he is so, protesting. It's a very- So how do you, no, no, how do you protest then? That's what I don't mean. protest because I'm not a victim. Boom. <laughs> she says it right there. She is not the victim. And that is my point to the people who are scared of this looting or what they're calling riots. You are not the fucking victim here. Your life is not in danger on the daily for just existing because of your skin color. A fucking CNN reporter who is black and Latino was arrested for reporting on the state police walking the streets. And then they arrested his whole fucking crew, cameramen and all, for reporting what was happening uh, they say Omar Jimenez, who is a black and Latino man, and his team were arrested by officers earlier this morning in Minneapolis, not far away. His co-worker, fellow CNN journalist Josh Campbell, who is white, says he was treated much differently. So they can arrest a black reporter for practicing his First Amendment right, but can't arrest the white cop who commits murder on camera? Now, of course, going back to the questions people have been asking that I've been seeing, and I, I take it from the flip side, and I listen to all those press conferences about the cops, and they might say, well, we have to take this slow and legal, and as soon as the video went viral, there was this immediate demand for the rest of the officer that murdered George Floyd, but the, the, of course the courts cannot act off of emotion. They're already under pressure from the media, and they are moving fast by typical standards, but because of the, social, the media surrounding this, of, of course they are going quicker. It is, in fact, though, that we live in a country that says you are innocent until proven guilty. So these courts have to take the steps to prove that this officer is acting in a criminal way. And while it's apparent to anyone with eyeballs that what he did was criminal, they have to take the motions of going through the whole situation. Why was he arrested in the first place? We have to look at the body footage camera from this officer. We have to take into account the... Uh, dialogue that was said, it, it, it feels like they are um, delaying the inevitable, but in a way, I can understand why, you know, even if the fucking DA chief of whatever the fucking state says this is murder, 
you can't just throw someone in jail because of that. Like they do have to go through those fucking precautions and it's never going to be fast enough in that instance because if it were a white person, first of all, that would have never happened in the first place, the way that that went down. And second of all, that cop would have been reprimanded a lot sooner. Some people say, well, white people are statistically killed by the police more often than black people. And well, yes and no. And I'm going to link an article from the Washington Post that uh, that explains this a little bit more. According to the Post's database of fatal police shootings, since 2015, police have shot and killed about twice as many white people as black people. But while police abuse while police abuse and violence have the potential to harm anyone, as with virtually all other shortcomings of the criminal justice system, it disproportionately harms black people. Cops may shoot and kill twice as many white people as black, but there are six times as many white people as black people in the United States. So proportionally, black people are much more likely to be shot and killed by cops. So that's how that math works out there. Some people say, oh, MLK wouldn't have wanted this. People, uh, uh. MLK said riots are the language of the unheard. And of course, this quote comes from a larger piece of dialogue where he says he doesn't want to condone the actions. But when they have been put in this position, again, what more truly, what else do you want black people to do? Because guess what? And I have this written down here that Tracy Clayton, she uh, is a, an amazing mental health advocate, black woman who hosts um, some podcasts for Netflix and one of my former favorite podcasts, Another Round, where she talks about white people riot for the fucking dumbest shit ever. They riot when their team fucking loses when their team wins, when they're not allowed to party enough, when they fucking, they tear down an entire city when their fucking baseball team loses or wins. And we're not fucking talking about that. I'll link that Twitter thread below that Teresa talks about. White people are afraid of black people in this country. That's apparent. They are afraid of white people becoming the minority race in this world. And they'll tell you the system is broken. And the system, our whole country, is the system is not broken. This country was built on white pr pr supremacy on the backs of black people who built this country for free as slaves to keep them oppressed. The system is working exactly how our white supremacist ancestors wanted this country to work. It is time for change. We do not live like that anymore. We don't think that way anymore. And while a lot of the country still does, they're using outdated fucking conversation and law to reason what is happening. It's time to change. It is time to fucking change. Kenneth Walker who was a registered gun owner, was Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, and he was being held for attempted murder of a police officer, a police officer who they barged into her house and killed his girlfriend. 
This news article states that LMPD officers used a no-knock search warrant to enter Taylor's home as part of a narcotics investigation. According to Walker's attorneys, the officers did not identify themselves before busting down the door. Police officials maintained the officers knocked and announced their presence. Walker fired what he called one warning shot towards the door. Remember, he's an act. He, they are in his home in the middle of the night. He is a registered gun owner. In Florida, that would be considered a stand-your-ground law. But he, here, and because he's black, it's a different situation. And, oh my God, this fucking... <sighs> he fired one warning shot, hit an officer in the leg, his attorney said, and then three officers on scene returned fire, shooting and killing Taylor, his girlfriend. She was a fucking EMT and an essential worker worker helping with the COVID situation. They were looking for Brianna's ex-boyfriend, it turned out, who was already arrested that day before they even made a warrant. There were no drugs in her house. She was not dating the person. She was not even involved anymore with the person that they were trying to find. The cops didn't identify themselves. There was a five-year-old in the apartment next to them. They shot from outside of the house. Just like a free-for-all. Brianna Taylor's fucking mom has been nothing but a strong voice and she said she will not allow anger to dictate her actions because guess what if she were to cry out she would be called the grieving black mother or the angry black woman she has to remain calm cool and collected if she wants her daughter's death to not be in vain if she wants to be taken seriously by white people she can't be hysterical yet the only way that sometimes it gets through to white conservatives is when it is on an emotional level, when it does feel personal. Now listen to this again. And if you're white, imagine these people were white that this happened to, to someone in your family. How would you feel differently in that case if someone walked into, I don't know, your sibling or your parents' house and just unannounced barged in, you know, Someone sent off a warning shot in your family and then someone close to you died. If they were white, how would you feel differently? I want you to confront that internal bias. Were you raised to believe that black people are dangerous? Drug dealers? What did you see in the media that this is just the thug life, that this just happens? I want you to look at that and Think about where that came from. Do you really believe that? Or is that something that was imprinted on you from your upbringing? Uh, I want to take a little bit of a tangent here and talk about why I might be able to, to understand what you're feeling. That, that uneasy feeling that you're feeling right now. That shit of, oh, fuck. Uh, maybe I do believe that. Maybe that is how I was raised to believe that black people are more dangerous than white people. And I know... And why? And how do I change this? And how do I even start to confront my internal bias? I can't even begin to participate in these public conversations if I can't look inside myself first and figure out deeply how I truly feel. I grew up in Tampa, Florida, and it's a mix of country and suburbia. I saw black country folk, white rednecks, gangsters, white thugs who wanted to be black. And our ghetto was filled with every kind of race, but our rich parts of town were primarily white people. And years ago, I would have been like, 
my best friend growing up was black or like my best high school friend was black, like trying to convince you that I'm not racist and that I like black people and blah, 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 because I wanted the approval of other black people to be like, look, I'm a good white person. I'm not I'm not a murderous cop. I'm not a racist redneck. But if you'd asked me then who Jim Crow was, I couldn't tell you. I didn't know about the Central Park Five. I didn't follow any black activists on my Twitter. Back then, I was afraid to get involved. I thought just knowing a black person was good enough. I didn't know that the facts I wasn't ready to confront because I was worried about other white people. I, I was worried about <laughs> getting yelled at. I, I was afraid that me saying like, hey, this feels wrong. I don't like that. Don't do that would be met with why not or reason why it was okay. And then I wouldn't know how to defend myself. I was still thinking about my own feelings. And still to this day, I hate confrontation. It makes me fucking cry. I'm a Leo. I'm very emotional. But I've had to change the way that I look at that. It's not confrontation talking to my white friends or family about Black Lives Matter. It is a fucking basic human conversation that should be ingrained in every child, every school, every friendship across the world, no matter who you are, what your age is, what your background is. Going back to my adolescence, I <laughs> briefly talked about my friend, one of my best friends in high school. Um, he was black and we did sell drugs together like that was the exact stereotype the world wanted me to see a black guy as right and that's I think probably was a normal look right like I saw him as like a, a black man who I sold drugs with who was also my best friend that this didn't feel dangerous in a way but was that all he was? I mean, did people look at me and think that I was just a white girl in a Mercedes that had money that could drive around with a, a fucking pound of weed in my trunk safely? No. They saw so much more out of me. I mean, they saw that I was a fucking... They didn't bat an eye at that. They, they saw me as the class clown, the drama student, the sister, the morning show anchor. My house was the party house. I had a reputation. My partner, my best friend, he did live in poverty and his house was exactly the way you saw it in the movies. His brother did go to jail for selling crack. And I, when I was writing these notes down and, and talking about memories of growing up, I was like, oh, should I be hesitant to include that for fear of, no, like that's what my world looked like. I was afraid of thinking as black people on the same um, uh, level, I guess, of my world because it, I didn't see it. I didn't see a world in which there was a, a problem. Clearly, I know now looking back, you know, now that I'm older, smarter, wiser, and, and fucking have the time to have done my own education and look at the world through my own lens, not through the fucking town that I grew up in. I think of our friendship and I wonder now, did our friendship have anything to do with me wanting to feel cool and him wanting to feel protected, right? Like we talk about how much white people steal black culture, but they don't actually want to live in their shoes. Right. Did I want to sell drugs because I wanted to be seen in a certain light by my peers without having to pay for the consequences? Because he sure did. 
it did feel different back then. Like I've said, the same way that, you know, we talk about like comedy back then, right? Like everyone bringing up people's old tweets and they're like, how could you, you were 20 and you didn't know that that joke was offensive. Yeah, we knew it was offensive, but the world wasn't looking at, at people of color's feelings on the same wavelength. It was a joke to be told. And now we should be fucking paying for that. We were a part of the problem. We're all guilty in this. I mean, especially people who did not go grow up with black culture uh, diversified. When I think of our friendship, I do think of it as two kids on different sides of the track who formed an unlikely bond. But he, he was seen as one thing. Like I mentioned, a black kid who played football and sold drugs. He's, he did not get the same attention and praise and future that I got. And I think that stuck with me in a way. It was something I really had to realize was, first of all, a fucking problem. And then secondary, that I was a part of it. And third, that I did nothing about it. And that I didn't even fucking have the tools to do anything about it. At school, I saw a lot of black men, including my friend, a part of this group together on the football team, right? Like football is fucking life in the South. They were the most popular kids. These guys ran in a group together. They did not act like anything but brothers. They would fucking ride or die for one another. I mean, if there was a fight at a party, they would stick up for each other. They would be for, there for each other in a fucking heartbeat. A, a heartbeat on the field. They would fight as one unit, one team. But let me tell you something. If this shit was happening to one of their black brothers today, I cannot say with confidence that this wouldn't have divided them. When it went above an adolescent riffraff and some fucking like remember the Titans shit on the field, I can't say that they would speak the same language now because at the end of the day allyship doesn't live in the same experience that black men do and did and I couldn't see that for sure I wasn't it wasn't blatant in front of my face I just saw our high school and relationships was that these white guys had a future outside of football the black guys did not they were not encouraged into AP classes. They were not lifted academically or praised for anything beyond athletics. Again, this is a big problem in the South. And I can see why, fellow white listeners, you might be having that image of a black man ingrained in your head because that's the world you grew up in and the world never celebrated black men the way we celebrated all white people. I mean, maybe we weren't old enough or smart enough or even brave enough to recognize it back then. But like I said, it is not too fucking late now to remember that we are all fucking human, worthy of a voice and recognition and a future that doesn't consist of walking outside and fearing for your life. And I think about my high school and I think about the white families who supported the football team right like they supported the black guys as much as they supported the white guys and you know they were all hoorah football team and they you know invited them into their homes to have you know the team dinners and such and that fucking wasn't enough it wasn't enough for back then the parents never set any examples of what to do beyond that there was no chat about systemic racism about economic inequality there wasn't enough done back then 
And so maybe we are a product of our rays, but we do not have to live that way forever. Because I'll tell you what, I look through my fucking Facebook and I'm still friends with a lot of those fucking white guys on the football team. And I have not seen them post a single fucking thing about this. It's almost like they forgot what the brotherhood was like and they didn't carry it into real life. It just, it stayed on the field. And it can't stay on the field anymore. And I wish I could go back in time and have done more back then, educated myself more, but I can only make up for lost time now. And so can you. And white guilt is a goddamn real thing, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. If it's acting up, it's probably for a fucking reason. Listen to that white guilt. Listen to that voice that gets defensive when you feel accused. Listen above all else so of course like the question everyone wants to know what can we do what can white people do right now today and I'm gonna post links below there is an article that's kind of going viral that's going around about like the 75 things that white people can do to end uh racial or for racial justice um you know they they have great things that are stuff you can do from the comfort of your own home if you're someone that does get social anxiety or or doesn't want to take part in the uh, physical outside activity, whether it be for COVID or because you still just don't feel like this is your fight um, all the way yet, which, spoiler, it is. Um, you can call your representatives. Uh, you can talk to your uh, town uh, police stations about doing police de-escalation training. Um, this needs to be a standard everywhere. Um, you can see if your local police department uh, currently outfits all on-duty cops to wear body cameras. Um, make sure that you are sharing the retweets and stuff like that. Of course, sharing the stories of black folks encountering racism that is being documented through social media. Uh, it lists tons of fucking books and articles and videos to read, people to follow, working on uh, hiring black educators, um, working with their HR, having the conversations that people are going to listen to white voices in, such as the uh, um, corporate areas. Um, of course, uh, you can donate. The next thing of course that always comes up is like white people are always like it's always the white people that are like well all cops aren't bad like why aren't we talking about the cops like why aren't we rethinking how the police force is barely making change about the way that things are going like about the way that they're taught about the way that they're trained i mean we never talk about abuse of power uh, that having a badge does not make you above the law. The action behind why so many people want to be in law enforcement and what that power trip does to them over time is not being studied or called out. Even if you do enter with good intentions, how does being in that world warp their view of a human being? I mean, like, should there be testing every three years or something? Like, I don't know, fucking hidden cameras to see how the, the cops talk about the d detainees off camera? I mean, how do how else are we going to know if these things aren't or are racially motivated beyond the viral videos that we're seeing? 
I saw a tweet by a guy named Kiernan uh, who said, if you have 10 bad cops and a thousand good cops, but those thousand good cops don't turn into 10 bad cops, then you have 1,010 bad cops. Speaking about the cop who was finally arrested for third-degree murder and manslaughter for the death of George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, I think is how you say his last name, um, the Minneapolis police officer. It's good to know that the restraint technique used by Chauvin to murder Floyd was not part of the department's training. Uh, he is now being represented by Tom Kelly, the same attorney who got the officer um, who killed Philandro Castile acquitted. Um, Siobhan was put on leave in 2011 for an inappropriate police shooting of an Alaskan Native American, Leroy Martinez. Siobhan shot Ira Latorres Tolles, an unarmed black 21-year-old man, back in 2008. Siobhan was one of the officers who murdered Wayne Reyes, a Latino man with 16 bullets forced into him. A total of 42 rounds were shot off. Siobhan and other police officers were chasing a car in 2005, causing the death of three people, according to Communities United Against Police Brutality. And there are 12 police brutality complaints against Siobhan in the Minneapolis Office of the Police Conduct Complaint Database. They are all listed as closed, non-public, and no discipline. Why do we not have transparency in these situations? That is almost like when we talk about, you know, we teach women not to wear short skirts to be polite instead of strong. It's like, no, why aren't we just teaching men not to sexually assault? It's like, why do we have to teach black men to talk to cops a certain way to de-escalate a situation when we could just teach cops not to be fucking racist? Racism is not a born trait. You learn that behavior. Which means you can fucking unlearn it. Because look, I am that fucking example. If I didn't leave Tampa, Florida, I guarantee you I would be on the other side. There is not enough visibility in my city. And I see it every time I go home. The people that I grew up with, the community, the power that is still in the hands of white people that I grew up with. Luckily, my family, my, you know, my close family, immediate family is very liberal and, you know, gave me a bit of a head start, but leaving my city was really what gave me the point of view to look through. And again, if you're only seeing certain news stations or points of view on your Facebook feed or your Twitter, that is a problem. Diversify your voices, no matter which side it goes to. So again, I, I go back to what do we do now? And unfortunately, I don't think this is going to slow down slow down anytime soon. I mean, there's going to be another black person killed unjustly by the cops. And the flames are going to keep flickering in white people. But we will never, ever have to feel the same way that a black person feels. They don't get to dim that flame. They don't get to turn down the heat. I had reposted on my feed today where now is not necessarily the time to check in with your black friends because you feel sorry that they're black and dealing with this. This tweet said they are proud to be black it is the way that they are being treated that they are upset and sad about so don't go backwards by trying to look good to your black friends look good by standing up to your fucking fellow white people and if your whole circle is fucking woke and your family is all good great go put your fucking feet on the found the ground put your money where your mouth is read another book i promise you there will always be work to be done and to be honest i'm still figuring it out too right 
I mean, I was still trying to find a way to balance all of this without letting my own emotions get in the way. I'm looking at it as facts, which helps me. It helps me talk to people about it. Here are the facts. And once you hear them, if your action is not obvious, do I give up on you? No, because that's the work. That's what they mean by do the work. If your whole circle is woken talking about this, we're still not doing enough. <sighs> um, all ads money that uh, accumulates from this episode. I know we had some ads in here and I apologize. These are things that are contractually set months and months and months in fucking advance. Um, all of that will be going to the Minnesota Freedom Fund dot org, um, which every dollar of these donations helped to, uh, to free people to um, from bail and um, the people that are being unjustly uh, arrested and detained for, um, protesting. Um, yeah, the, I don't know, <laughs> confidants, this was a, this was a different one, but I just couldn't sit in my house today and keep scrolling through my timeline, letting this shit build up. And again, like, I don't want to sound too fucking preachy. Like I am the best black ally in the world because I'm fucking not. I promise you, I, still get that same like wave of uh, fear that I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing it enough or I'm going to have to face a really scary like southern hick redneck guy who fucking is scary. But you know what? I get to wake up every day not fearing my life to step outside. I get to talk about this freely without the fear of being fucking doxxed or trolled. And if I did, I would have the money to hire lawyers. And I, I this is the fucking least I could do. So... That's this week's episode. Um, if you thought something, if something came up for you here, um, I'd love to hear your opinions. If there's more to add, um, if you have educators you would like to speak more about, if you want to recommend a book for the book club, um, yeah, what are you doing? I want to know. I love you, confidants. I didn't mean for this to sound so angry, but I'm also not apologizing. <laughs> and I feel that luckily, I think my audience knows, you know, I know you guys know. Um, but I also know that even me, someone who is confident and liberal and loud and allowed to be this way still has people in her life that need to be worked on that don't necessarily need to be blocked and goodbyed and shunned from my Thanksgiving dinner. But this is a journey, right? It's not going to fucking happen overnight. And I want to make sure that we're continuing to do the work, not just in these giant waves of three black people being unjustly killed in one week, that it continues, that it becomes part of your life, that it becomes an obvious part of your conversation again, that it is facts. <sighs> All right, confidants, I'll see you next week. <laughs>